Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss the topic of managing muddy conditions as we think about cattle in a feed yard or in a dry lot scenario. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Alfredo De Constanza, who's a Nebraska Extension Educator on the eastern part of the state. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Aaron. Well, as we record this podcast, we're sitting here on February 5th and really had an interesting situation here over the last several weeks in Nebraska. We went from a major winter storm, some bitter cold uh, throughout the state, especially the eastern, I'd say half of the state had a lot of snow, wet snow in some places. Now we've turned and we've had some very warm conditions and that's created a scenario where the frost has got out of the ground and we've now got some very muddy conditions, both in feed yards and in cow-calf and stalker yearling operations where they're backgrounding cattle. Uh, talk through with us just some things to think through, maybe some uh, alternative options as we look at trying to manage through these muddy conditions. What are some things producers might try to do to navigate this? Yes, Aaron, I think uh, first we need to uh, acknowledge that uh, our producers out there, both cow-calf feeders and backgrounders as well, have been uh, presented with some very challenging conditions, as you indicated. And as the situation led to heavy, fast, rapid melting conditions, it complicated matters. So I would count it as we're two weeks into this since uh, the weather turned um, warmer. And hopefully many of our listening audience has uh, actually already taken care of some of the most challenging conditions. So we'll talk a little bit perhaps about the remaining, you know, where, where, where it might be pens that are in really tough shape because the accumulated uh, effects of days of this. And certainly what to do with uh, rectifying intakes and things such as that for cattle that have uh, already been placed in a more comfortable situation. So in a, in a sense, if there's pens out there that have really lost surfacing over the last seven days or have some tremendous buildup of water, other pens may be draining into them, etc., that to me is where some of the subject of this conversation focuses on, and that is what can we do to find areas that will be dry enough for cattle to lay down? I think that you know, we always think of feed and water as the most important thing, and it is, but maybe this is the time where we need to look out the truck window or out the office window and say to ourselves, can cattle lay down? And if they can lay down, then they can eat and they can drink. If they can't lay down, then they cannot eat and they cannot drink. So if, it, if there's any pens left on your uh, operation that you see this situation, and this is the ones we would concentrate, what I call a triage response to. That being, how can I make sure those cattle can lay down? You know, So let's take a real worst case scenario. I think we've talked about this sometime before, is if nothing else is possible, perhaps park a telehandler, safely on scraped apron of concrete and then lay uh, bales onto the yard so that cattle can trample them and lay down, right? So that's an emergency situation. Up from that, can we try and 
clear out some of the mud, some of the water. Uh, if it's standing water and it's dammed up under the fans, mud and other structures, can we remove that? And again, human safety is a big factor here. People have been at this now for four weeks between the snow coming down and the snow melting. So it's very important that we have a mental check on ourselves. Can we do this? Is it the right date to do this? Do we have the equipment for this? Otherwise, perhaps it's best to think of an alternative for, for that. One of the alternatives that we've thought about is can we remove cattle to a to a pasture or to a cornfield? And, and that's challenging in and of itself. If there is good drainage, then it works out. If there isn't good drainage, in a few short weeks, it'll become as bad as maybe the, the feedlot pen conditions, right? So so those are sort of the things that I that I would start this conversation with, Aaron, as far as what are the most difficult situations that we need to target and do we have the resources or, or you know, are the individuals involved in this operation still with enough uh, strength to, to tackle this or, you know, how do we do this with the resources we have? Yeah, let's circle back and just talk about your first scenario there, bedding basically. And, you know, for a lot of situations, that's something we don't typically do often in Nebraska is bed open pens, at least not for mud. So talk through with us a little bit about that. Uh, what are some things to think through as we do that? Yes. And, uh, and thanks for, uh, bringing us back to that discussion. So ideally, we'd like to bet on on a hard surface, right? I mean, in fact, the moment anybody makes a decision to lay concrete down, you have become more dependent on betting, sometimes even for warm weather responses. So once we find and we use hard surfaces, then betting becomes a necessity almost immediately. So when there is no hard surfaces, is there something we can do with that? And, and you know, if there is no hard surfaces and there is mud, the best place to lay bedding on would be on a higher area, right? So hopefully that's less affected by mud. But that brings a concern of human safety. Can we get there safely to deliver that bedding? The simplest place to do this because of access is typically a concrete apron behind a feed bunk, right? Or maybe a, a lane or something such as that that may be surfaced. If so, that's the place to lay equipment up and, and hopefully whether it's a telehandler or a payloader or even a skid steer that can push a bale off of the concrete surface to where there is no, well, typically, I mean, in this case, it could potentially be mud itself, right? You know, but a complete bale would have a better chance of holding over that mud than than something that's uh, shredded or blown onto it. It would take that much more to cover that area. That's why I sometimes, if I look at an emergency, is there a way we can lay a, ba a, a bale out there and let the cattle work through it? And uh, full knowing that, yes, it's going to be wasted. And yes, not, I wouldn't say wasted. It will be used for bedding and for feed for a little while. Uh, and someday in the future, we'll have to get it out of there, which is a challenge, I understand. But again, we're, we're, we're considering at this point 
a very difficult pen environment, which may be some of the last pens or listening audience may be dealing with at this point. So you mentioned thinking about pens and maybe trying to figure out what what are some out-of-the-box things we can do. You mentioned, you know, pasture, mentioned thinking about turning it on corn stalks. I guess take that thought just a little bit further. How do we think about some logistics with that in terms of cattle, getting those cattle fed? What are some things we might consider that normally we would never think about doing? Yes, a very good point on that. And, uh, you know, the challenge, especially on a cornfield, right, is that that's our better ground, typically heavier grounds. So there's a good chance equipment might sink in there. And you mentioned earlier, the frost may be out of the ground. Again, the issue of maybe laying bales out there with something that equipment that probably hopefully will hold better than than anything else. Can we get out on uh, on a truck with a cube uh, delivery system or a grain delivery system that may hold better to not sinking out in those conditions? Uh, Alternatively, somewhat pricey, but it's investment that can be used later on other parts of the operation. Uh, there are these uh, ground cover mats. They're heavy-duty mats, eight by four. They weigh about 80 pounds. It would take some effort to get them out there, too. But they are used for construction equipment and could potentially help an operator get out on a cornfield, both to get out there as well as to maybe lay feet on on top of those. Uh, my understanding is prices for those are between 250 and $300 a mat. And we know that's not something somebody wants to consider spending money on, particularly now. But once again, human safety, animal welfare, and then, of course, the value in these animals. Uh, one of the things I, I look at, Aaron, is uh, if a fed, if fed cattle prices have increased $5 a hundred since the beginning of the year, then there's $75 more value on these cattle. Could we devote some of that to some investments? A lot of these investments would be, you know, long-term that would remain with us, uh, such as this ground cover, which will keep us safe. The animals could eat off of a, you know, better surface out there. We could even lay out uh, electric fencing on top to prevent them from trampling the feed. And, you know, we're preserving gain and wealth, you know, welfare and health of animals that are worth that much more today. One of the other things you mentioned just is around bedding. And I know for many folks, you know, the thought of using that much bedding, where are we going to source other bedding? How do we uh, manage that? I guess, speak to that a little bit. Cause I, you know, again, we just don't typically use that much bedding in a lot of open lots in Nebraska. Correct. No, that's a, that's a good point. And, um, the, the the challenge is is if you did not plan for it, you will run out fairly quick. You know, some of what I've uh, heard is they plan for lightweight cattle, not so much for the heavier cattle. So, uh, you know, you're probably going to be running through it fairly fast uh, if there wasn't much of an inventory to begin with. You know, from the standpoint of an animal, it's almost it's really best to put too much than not enough. Because in muddy conditions, not having enough bedding will pretty much waste it and they will just go away fast, you know. So various ideas that surfaced this past weekend on how to make sure that bedding lasts as long longer is take, take two scenarios. One where 
perhaps we moved cattle out of pens and we found a suitable place for them to lay on fields and things like that. Maybe the pens that are going empty could be used, scrape well on the apron and used to lay bedding on for the adjacent pen with still some cattle on them. Let's just say the heavy finishing cattle could use that extra area for their bedding and go in and out of their original pen for feed. So in other words, don't feed the area where you're placing bedding if there's an empty pen next to the pen that you're using for cattle. That's one way to look at that. The other one that, and, and now we're getting to the drastic ones, Aaron, and you know maybe they form a base for somebody to consider improvements in the in the spring and summer, and that is, is can we clean some of the area behind aprons to enough with, uh, say, box scrapers to be able to add aggregate or uh, recycled concrete or even simply railroad ties or even spent uh, cattle or hog slats that can hold a little bit better the bedding we're going to lay on so now that bedding doesn't get muddied so fast and we could potentially live with slightly less bedding than if we were bedding straight on mud. Now, these are obviously investments in time and effort. And so they need to be weighed in on by the operator to decide whether that's something they can do or not. Dr. DeConstanza, you've mentioned a number of resources. Where are some things people can find if they want to find more information on some of the things we've talked about today? Well, thankfully, um, we got started on this. Well, we've been working uh, through this uh, for the entire season, um, but we do have a Beef Watch article with tips for dealing with wet, muddy winter conditions in cattle feed yards. And that is at our University of Nebraska web website at beef.unl.edu under the Beef Watch uh, resources. And I do recommend you spend some time on that. I also, you know, this might be the place to say, is there things that you have done at your operation that uh, would help the rest of the, the rest of us? And I'd encourage you all to communicate either with Aaron or myself via email, uh, sharing some of the things that are working at your operation. Because we as somebody indicated earlier, uh, we're on sort of uncharted territory that uh, will require some serious initiative thinking to to get through. Anything else on this topic you'd like to talk about today? Well, I think uh, the one last thing I would mention, uh, not the last, but probably the most important thing is, again, how are people feeling about this? This is extremely challenging on, on an individual and uh you know, on the one hand, they have cattle that are ready for market. On the other hand, they may have cattle that are coming in. There is obviously all of the other pressures in between, including obviously, you know, we have to be home for our loved ones. And so take a take a, a break. It doesn't need to be a long break, but, but uh, look around. What do you need to get a quick break and, and and get a little bit of relaxation before you get back at this? Uh, this is extremely tiring on individuals, both from the environmental feeling on our bodies, as well as the pressures of production agriculture. So uh, we mustn't abandon uh, ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves, as well as the animals we care for. 
Well, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you. But for more information on the topic that we did discuss today, you can find resources at the beef.unl.edu website.